What's up, everybody? It's Bo here with another TV Talk, kicking off a brand new series with One Piece TV Talk. Now, if you've never listened to one of my podcasts before, what, what I do is after every single episode, I try to give kind of some quick off-the-cuff thoughts, reviews of the episode that I've just seen. So this is not deep research. This is not things you didn't miss or did miss or whatever, not providing any kind of Easter eggs or otherwise. I'm literally just reacting to the episode as it were, but I'm also doing this one from a very specific perspective. I have little to no appreciation, love, or understanding of the anime whatsoever. So unlike most things that have become live action, this is like a rare opportunity for me to actually view something without any kind of connection or expectation. I'm literally going in fresh to the series and very excited for it. Because to be honest, it's not without want of trying. Like One Piece, I realize, has been around forever. I know people who have like really are super into the cartoon or the anime specifically. And I know it's been a manga and all kinds of things. But for whatever reason, I never was able to connect to it. I probably tried watching once. I don't think I've ever gotten through a full episode of the anime specifically, which is so very bizarre if you know me because I am a huge fan of pirates. Like I love pirate lore. I love pirate history. You know, one of the things, you know, despite the fact that I just said I'm not going to go into this kind of stuff, I may make some nods as I recognize throughout the series of, you know, references or maybe inspirations from real life pirates. We got at least two in this episode, probably more as we go along. But yeah, the anime, for whatever reason, was just I wasn't able to connect with it. It was so over the top, so bizarre, which is crazy to me because I typically like that kind of stuff. I mean, it's literally all the things but pirates. And while it didn't work for me in anime, I'm really excited to see if it might work for me here in live action. And I'm excited to say, actually, that this first episode very much did that. We're introduced to a world that's very high concept, that's very weird and very bizarre. And you just have to kind of embrace that like at the beginning. And then as long as you do, you're just along for the ride. Up front with the first pirate lady and her whole ship is all pink and it's got hearts and she's killing people with like toys and such. It's like, you know, you, you, gotta, you gotta vibe with it early on. And this can be kind of a challenge because it does have that whole desire to maintain the wackiness, but it also is trying to do this on a Netflix makes an anime a live action budget, which can sometimes come across very heavily as cosplayers making a passion project. Now, the good news is that a lot of times when cosplayers make passion projects, it's really good. And that's what this feels like. Like you almost kind of wish that some of the items were a little bit higher quality, that, that it had more of a budget to really sell the realism, which is a bizarre thing to even ask for because clearly they're not trying to go for ultra realism. They're trying to, you know, go for craziness and that's, that's fine. But like, you know, when like Morgan's got a metal jaw, but you can clearly see that that's cardboard that's like pasted to his face, you know, because you can actually see his actual jaw underneath the dumb teeth looking thing. Like, come on, do better, guys. Like, like I feel like that could be done better. That's a small gripe though, because honestly, like all of this should fall flat on its face, but it doesn't. And you know why? Because the actors they have on this show commit hardcore. I, I would say in the pilot episode, every single actor is committing to the world they're in and selling it and doing so incredibly well. One exception I would say is the, the first pirate lady uh, the, with, for the pink ship and everything. I forgot her name. I didn't quite believe her in the role. Like, like she wasn't quite selling it to some extent, but that's, again, small gripe, small character, I think. I don't know if she'll be back or not, but let me tell you who is bringing it and who is like instantly made me all in. And that's the dude that's playing Luffy. Now, by the way, I said Luffy, if it's Luffy, I'm, I'm sure I'll figure it out as we go along. I'm new to this. Y'all are gonna have to give me a break. Inyaki Godoy is a fantastic, 
fantastic actor. Like he's got so much instant likability. It's crazy. You can tell that he is passionate about this role. He's like completely absorbed in it. And honestly, all the reasons I couldn't connect with the anime version are removed with his portrayal. Like I am all in for this kid. And he even sells the craziness of the stretchy power and all of that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm here for it. I now want to see this goofy, lanky kid be king of the pirates. Like, I am all in. Like, love it. I think that he's doing a great job. All of the supporting cast, all of the cast so far that we've seen, like I said, with that one exception, I think is doing a fantastic job. They're selling the world. They're selling the the craziness. And they're going along with whatever their particular take on the world they live in is. And I'm honestly kind of shocked at how almost instantly... I've been able to get over a lot of the things that I thought were going to keep me from enjoying this. Even the thing with the kid, like the pink haired kid, when he's like, you know, oh, I want to go off and be a cop. And he's like, I'm going to go off and be king of the robbers and like going hard for his friend's dream. He's like, hey, look, if you want to be a if you want to go off and join the Marines or the Navy or whatever they're called, like I'm, I'm here for it, man. That's your dream. You do that, even though it means that one day we might meet as adversaries then I'm here for you. And they save each other and advocate for each other. What a beautiful depiction of friendship that you get in this episode from just this genuine, nice character of Luffy. And then on top of that, the action is actually quite good. The sword fighting uh, specifically, like even the special effects in the fights when Luffy is doing kind of the arm thing, you know, I buy it, it works, it flows pretty well, but more importantly, the the sword fighting. When, When the Zoro character, who's somehow both Zoro and a samurai and a pirate, because again, everything's pirates, which is fantastic. Again, that, that's not a bad thing. Because like samurai's pirates and cyborg's pirates and gingers are pirates and everybody's, we're all pirates here. It's great. But the sword dude, yeah, no, Zoro coming in, slice and dice, the thing with the teeth where he, that was just fantastic. And even Morgan Axehan, like as bad as his costume was and as, as cosplay as it looked, you could tell that actor was committing to it. I believed that this is who this person is in the context of this world. I'm glad they did all of this because at the very tail end, we're introduced to who I presume to be a pretty big villain of this season, a clown pirate, because they're all pirates. And one of them's just straight up, here's a freaking clown (laughs) in a circus tent, which I presume is probably not a circus tent and is probably the hull of a ship. So fantastic. You, You brought me to this place, One Piece. You brought me to this place in this pilot where by the end of it, you're giving me just a freaking clown and telling me that this is a pirate, and I'm like, yeah, let's go. Love it. Absolutely love it. Really excited to see where this series goes and what they do with the future episodes. I did want to make mention of this, right? So like uh, Morgan, right? Axe Hand Morgan, clearly a reference to Captain Morgan, who you may know from the rum bottles, but was actually a real person of history. Interestingly enough, he's less of a pirate in history and more of like a renegade general, which makes sense for him to be used in this capacity. Like, you know, obviously he's kind of labeled as a privateer, but he did a lot of land battles more than he did sea battles. And his relationship with the British government was one of, you know, like, ah, you're doing it, but you're doing it off, you know, you're not doing it by the books, but you're still getting the job done. You know, and that was kind of his whole thing. He was also very wealthy. He was a landowner in Jamaica in like the late 1600s, which with all that that implies means that we're not talking about a hero here. And so to have Morgan be kind of the inspiration for this villainous leader of this militia or military or Navy or whatever they are, world police, 
I get it. It makes sense. And I can kind of see the connections there, even though obviously this is a, you know, it's a weird cyborg interpretation of, of a pirate hunter, essentially. Then at the very beginning with the kind of the original Pirate King, the first guy, Roberts, I believe the guy's name was, a clear reference to Bartholomew Roberts or Black Bart, one of the, well, the most successful pirate of his day tally up all of the prizes earned and the money that has been gathered by a pirate. Bartholomew Roberts was, they don't even come close. He was the top tier. Roberts is notable for a ton of reasons, but not the least of which is that we have even to this day excerpts from his pirate code. Every single pirate ship had their own code that they all agreed upon. And Bartholomew Roberts was someone who whose pirate code would be very inspirational for a lot of pirate fiction ever since. Not just that, even right now, some of the projects that I'm working on, we're actually using Bartholomew Roberts's pirate code as kind of a basis for some of our business decisions. Yeah, look, I told y'all, I'm big into pirates, okay? <laughs> so there's a reason that they would use somebody like Bartholomew Roberts to represent this kind of, you know, grand character of the history and the lore of this particular world of One Piece. Critique-wise, uh, one thing I'll just say on this is that even going into this show, I was very curious as to like, is this something that I can watch with my kids or not? Because it's kind of confusing. The general tone implies instantly that like, oh no, this is kid-friendly. And then even early on with some of the more, you know, violent fight scenes, you know, it's not like you're seeing blood everywhere. Like people are kind of bashing each other with a sword, but then kind of like just fall over, right? Like there's not, there's not blood, there's not entrails, there's not limbs flying off or anything of that nature. But then all of a sudden, you know, pirate lady like bashes dude's skull and then pink haired guy is, is literally like scraping up brains from the floor. And you're like, whoa, that's out of nowhere. And then you have a child stabbing himself in the face. It's like, okay, yeah, no, we're, we're not showing this to the kids. <laughs> that's imitatable. Nope. <laughs> uh -uh. So there's just kind of that weird tone of it's like, it, it's, there's no real standard here. Like it's almost like they, they like, they'll go a little bit harder in this area, but then not more broadly. And so it's a little jarring when it happens, but not even jarring for shock value. It's just jarring. I don't know. Again, small gripes overall, very eager to see what happens next. I'm thrilled to see that we've actually got the full season available to us right now. Now, with every single episode being about 45 to 50 minutes long, I probably won't do a true binge watch. What I'm thinking I'll probably do is actually space this out. In previous times that Netflix has dropped series like this, I will burn out too quickly on a show. And so I'm just literally going to take the time and enjoy each episode for what it is. And as a result, that means I'll be putting out episodes of the TV Talk podcast in response to each individual episode. So let's do this. Next Thursday, you can look for a new episode from the TV Talk podcast talking about episode two of One Piece. Thursday following, we'll do episode three. Basically, you see how this is going to work. We'll do it on a weekly basis. We'll put it out. And yeah, hopefully you'll be able to enjoy it as you go and watch along with me or go back and rewatch it and kind of binge this podcast along the side. But that's my thoughts. I've tried to stay very like off of social media, which I'm barely on anyway, just because I don't I don't know if other people, especially diehard fans of One Piece, are gonna hate this. Like, is, is this like an abomination to them? You know what I mean? Like, I have no earthly idea. I'm coming at it from the standpoint of someone who could not connect with the anime and is instantly, immediately connecting with the live action and very excited for this. So that's my energy. That's where I'm coming from. Would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, you can, of course, follow us on Twitter or whatever it's called at TV Talk FM. But at the same time, I'm saying kind of like, I don't know. Look, hit me up on IG. In Incognito is my uh, IG handle. You can find the link in the description for this podcast. Would love to hear your thoughts. Also, let me know if you're kind of interested in like deep dives into some of these pirate history references. I've done things like that in the past. Actually, on a previous podcast, did a whole series about pirates. 
In fact, you know what? I'll put a playlist uh, link in this episode description as well if you want to kind of hear those. I do one for Blackbeard and uh, Calico Jack and Mary Reed and because of all the people they're connected with, you know, also talk about Steve Bonnet and, and Bonnie and Charles Vane, a lot of others, that sort of thing. So yeah, if that's something you're interested in, that's in the links in the description. So be sure to check that out as well. That's going to do it for me for this week. But until next time, I'll be back in a flash. <laughs>